everybody, and welcome to Movie Buffs, a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Cisco, aka Misfit Minded, and you can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit and at my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, and I'm your host, Shani B, and you can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. The movie we watched to break in the theater uh, is called The Deep House. Have you heard of this movie? No, The Deep House. Tell me about it. Oh, it's it's a it's a really interesting concept. I don't think they executed it as well as it could have been, but like it's a super super cool, like easy. Like we we're browsing through Amazon Prime, and I heard of it that it. it I know it was like uh, last year. I, I was hearing things about it. It's basically a haunted house movie, found footage haunted house movie, but it's underwater. So it's like a so it's an underwater found footage movie. Yeah, so it's Whoa. pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is pretty crazy. Uh, but I also hear what you're saying that like that's probably pr- harder, harder than yeah. you think, right? It like it loses steam, especially in the third act, where I was like, ah, that ending was kind of bull- bullshit compared to like uh, the uh, rest of it. But the first two thirds are like legit creepy and effective. So, uh, yeah. Nice. What about you? What what have you been watching? Well, I mean, I had to prep for uh, Stream Queens, so I decided to check out uh, first the original Firestarter from the 80s with Drew Barrymore, which really of holds course. up in hilarious ways. Oh, wow. um, and then also I watched the new one and it was so bad. I felt angry uh, when I finished. I was like, God, ugh, uh. why do you remake a movie? And it can't even be a little bit good. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like not even a little bit of yeah i guess like what i was expecting because it's not like i was like hoping it would be the greatest movie of all time but i thought you know this is a cool story i like zach efron he's a sweetheart this should be an easy horror movie and instead i yeah. feel like 10 minutes in i was like oh shit i gotta sit through the rest of this and try to be respectful about it so i could be you know a responsible reviewer but Oh man, just so many disappointing things. So many disappointing things. Um, but the other thing I watched that I wanted to bring up was the Honey I Shrunk the Family series of like I shrunk the kids and blew up the kids and shrunk myself. Oh, the originals? Yeah. The OG. I thought you were like saying I, there's another remake, and I was like, whoa, wait, what? I have not heard if they rebooted this, but no, the originals, of course, of course, of course, of course. Oh. They were so good. Such a good throwback. (laughs) Oh, man. Just another testament to when there's practical stunts happening in a film and you do a little bit of CG to coordinate those practical stunts, your film will always hold up. You know, that first one in particular is still the best of all of them. And the only difference is that they get more computer generated images as they go on. You know, I. Rick Moranis for life. He's the best of all time. He's still as funny. And it was just like so heartwarming. I miss those kinds of heartwarming movies that like respect the kids. So, you know, so much of the movie is the kids figuring stuff out. And I just feel like today it's so popcorny. There's like no real challenges for the kids. You know, they, it's mostly, it's mostly like some very easy. Hitting you uh, over the head with a really kind of message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. But uh, you want to hear a depressing story about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from my childhood? <laughs> Please, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I want to say, yeah, my, my family went to Disney World or whatever. And mm-hmm. 
I we wanted I wanted to go on the the ride. They had a Honey I Shrunk the Kids ride or whatever. Hell and for yeah. whatever re- for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because like I remember it was raining that day or I don't know, but like it was not open and I was very mad about it. So I did not get to experience oh. the the Honey I Shrunk the Kids ride. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What a bummer. I'm so sorry to hear that because I it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. That's what I was yeah. lamenting about the entire time. Yeah. I was like, I'm so pissed. They took it down. I, I can't remember what they replaced it with, but it was so sick. And I remember my little mm-hmm. brother was like really small and the amazement on his face is something I'll never forget. So I'm so sorry you didn't get to have that. Damn. <laughs> no, I got the movies. I got the movies. And yeah, the awe of the movies is, you know, enough for me. But Very I do powerful. remember that just like, <laughs> just like, oh, damn, it's not open. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> um, oh, it's, man. Uh, Childhood's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other movie I watched, uh, I got I rented the new uh, Channing Tatum movie, not the Lost City Dog, the Dog which uh, okay came out okay. this year as well. Uh, have you seen yep. that one? I yeah. haven't. I don't know. I'm not like okay. super into just movies about like classic guy and his dog. I'm sort of yeah. saturated on those. Uh, <laughs> how right. how was it? Was it good? It's all right. It's I mean, it's it's a it's definitely like one I'm glad I waited to rent. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely a rental on a Sunday (laughs) evening. (laughs) Like, there's nothing else to watch. And you're like, it's so because it's it's, it is a sweet movie. There's it's there's like uh, lots of good, um, you know, cameos from like um, character actors and um, some funny parts because, you know, it's Channing Tatum, you know, so he's just naturally very funny and charismatic. But the story He's just the was best. kind of just like you said, bare bones, like you've seen it a million times. So um, and Channing Tatum, like co-directed it, too, which I, I'm not sure if that was a good idea. It kind of was a basic, basically directed movie, you know, nothing really outstanding on that front. But yeah, that's it was all right. crazy, though. That's so crazy yeah. to know, because I know he is like heavily involved in the newest Magic Mike and that. You know, he's like trying to maybe pivot into more meaningful. He's trying to come back set. in a big so way. That's kind of amazing that he was like trying to do it there. Because I guess if you uh, like start Tatum from a place, <laughs> yeah, like it's if coming. you're an actor who wants to become a director, I guess if you like start from a place of directing yourself, maybe you are easily able to move into that space and then figure out all the real technical stuff from your technicians who will do all that for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, like, I it's not really noticeable, but it's just like, you know, there's some scenes where I'm just like, you know, they're just obviously trying to show off the nature of it. And there's a, you know, a shot of Channing Tatum in the rain with a wet t-shirt. And it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know right? who this is uh, marketed towards this scene. Uh, but He's still paying yeah. that tax. It's a bummer that he has to pay to play. All the time, he always has to pay to play. I know, I know. Uh, I do want to see the Lost City still, though, because I know you recommended that, and and uh, yep. I've been hearing good things. But um, yeah, it's 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 if you if you want to, I would I would wait till it hits a streamer or something. It's gonna probably hit a streamer soon, dog. For sure, for sure. Yeah, not for me usually, but I do support the dream, and I want Channing Tatum to move into those spaces because I think he's legit talented. He just mm-hmm. really gets bogged down having to take his shirt off all the time. And I yeah. support that as well, but I do right. want the creative <laughs> endeavor. 
And it, it, there is like a very like uh you know textual thing about like uh you know PTSD like with uh Tatum in there and the dog which I, wow. which which was like kind of unexpected and I, and I kind of liked but they just it's very surface level like I wanted them to go deeper into that and there's really nice only a safe. couple scenes where you where you kind of yeah it's very safe very safe family friendly uh dog movie so right. uh, I'm bummed yeah, you didn't your- get to see yeah (laughs) go ahead oh i was just gonna say it's like your bridge into the more serious work both the viewer and channing tatum right um i was just gonna say i'm bummed you didn't get to see the mission impossible trailer because we we don't have to get a chance to talk about it uh i will just say you need to watch that immediately after you (laughs) after we're done here i will yep (laughs) because as soon as i have a break um, i've seen it like four times already because it it actually leaked a couple days ago um and so I saw it a little bit early and, um, you know, cause I, that was just because Twitter was like on fire. Everyone was talking about mission impossible, mission impossible. And I of was like, course. okay, let me try and look for this thing. It took me like 10 minutes to find a good link that, uh, Paramount hadn't removed. And, uh, <laughs> finally, finally found one. And it, I was like, holy shit, like this looks amazing. Uh, there's a lot of callbacks to mission impossible one, which will be posting our episode on mission impossible one next week so i really liked there's a lot of callbacks to part one especially uh that i think you'll you know pick up on obviously because we were huge fans of the de palma entry and um yeah and then all the new faces that are that are in there and then uh, rebecca ferguson just badassery the trailer so (laughs) So, what a great discovery Yeah, yeah, she's such a great discovery for this franchise to have just found this person so late in the game after he's made so many films who just like clocks right in, fits perfectly, and also is badass is just so great considering how, you know, the first, uh, in the beginning, it was so confusing about where this would go. And I just love how clutch it's gotten. So I can't fucking wait to see this trailer and this movie, like no matter what it is, I am always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And there's like the you know they show off the stunts. Of course, Tom Cruise running, and uh, it is called Dead Reckoning Part One. So that's assuming Whoa. there's going to be a part two very soon after that. But it is uh, the the date on there is next year. That's the bad part. That's nice. The, that's the sad part. We have to wait a whole year for it. But I mean, I'm still going to watch it. I mean, you can't of go course. wrong with Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise. So. Nope. Yeah, it's like rare. Yeah, it's incredibly rare you can go wrong with Tom Cruise straight in general. But once Mission Impossible's there, some of the other properties like Top Gun, then we're really, you know, it's it's hard Top to. Gun Maverick, yeah. which Hell, is uh, yeah. why we're doing this episode today. Perfect segue here uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we watched the original Top Gun, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, to get prepared for Top Gun Maverick, which comes out this week. Is it this week already? Yeah. This, yeah, Friday? this Friday? Holy shit. It's here. It's, yeah. it's, I feel like I've watched the trailer for like three years now. <laughs> <laughs> we really have. Legit. We have been yeah. watching the trailer for three years. So what is another year for Mission Impossible, right? We're all ready. Yeah. This summer, like 2020. <laughs> And then 2021, this fall, like it's constantly changing. So every yeah, hopefully, time, yeah, hopefully it's good. I'm gonna have to pinch stay. myself. I know, I know. I don't know when I'm gonna be able to see it, but I, it's definitely one I'm gonna go see in the theater. You have to see that one in the theater. And uh, I've Fuck been hearing yeah. from a lot of people; it's better than the first. 
uh, from a lot of people. So hey, uh, we'll you know we'll get into you know <laughs> yeah I was gonna say we'll get into like what makes the first good and then comparing them should yeah. be pretty interesting because I love all the reviews that are coming out. It does seem like this might be the kind of reboot that like honors and loves the film, you know, that started it all, but also gets what that film needs to do and be for the people. Cause it feels like no one is dissatisfied with it, but like everyone is like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I heard from one reviewer that I, I think Joanna Robinson from uh, the ringer who, who I, I respect oh, yeah? her opinion on a lot, on a lot of, uh, you know, franchise stuff or whatever. And, uh, she said that, well, she loved it and that what got me kind of excited was she said that it owes a lot to Cobra Kai, the series, and like how that oh. th- that series and is like kind of setting the standard, which I tweeted about after this last season that it's one of the best reboots of an old 80s property like ever, like bar none. Yeah. It's, it's legit great how they're balancing out the callbacks with the new cast. And so she said wow. like that she felt that it was on that level and that made me excited to watch it even more. Like if they're, if they're doing the Cobra Kai respecting the original, but also bringing something new, the sweet spot, that's what I was hoping for. So that's what I'm hoping for yep. this, this weekend. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think Scream, Scream 5 nailed it that like the best way Scream to five awaken too. a that's property. A good one too. Well, like the best way to awaken a property is to do a requel, right? To revamp everything, but to make sure you don't forget where it came from. Because I think we've seen in several different properties that when you veer too far away, if you don't nail it, everyone hates you. So there's something nice about this film being perfectly poised to hear all that stuff and nail it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right? This film is luckily poised and has like had the pandemic to just get us so excited. And like I mentioned, I'm just flying there. I'll see. I'll be there at 11 a.m. on Friday. (laughs) Okay, last tangent. Last tangent about Scream, though, before Mm. we get into this episode. Did you hear the news about who's coming back for Scream 6? Yes. And I'm so, I'm so proud of her. You know, she literally willed that into existence existence. by purposefully not, uh, you know, pretending to die on camera, making sure she kept shaking so that she would have a way in and it fucking worked. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Hayden, Hayden, uh, Panettiere, everybody is coming back for uh, Scream 6. Yeah. Kirby, uh, which yeah, I, great character. Yeah, I so I caught good. that in in Scream Five. I caught you, you look on. There's a screen grab of uh in the corner, and I was like, oh shit! I was like, fucking Kirby! I was like, Kirby. so I I thought she might come in uh the mo- in Scream Five. Uh, she's not in there. Spoilers, I guess. Uh, but she <laughs> is gonna be in Scream Six. So um, yeah. for uh, fans of her, she was one of my favorite characters for Scream Four. So I'm looking forward to seeing her back. She's awesome. That's true. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. <laughs> like we have to honor the great properties and I guess, you know, use them for all they've got because we love them. So we're never going to not want to revamp stuff. We just we got lost for a little while doing some shitty reboots. But I think this one is going to stand the test of time as like a, a, a standard. Right. Just like Cobra Kai is the standard for doing yeah. it on TV or like in the television format. This is probably going to be the standard because it certainly wasn't Jurassic World. 
There's a lot of there's a lot of bad reboots. There's a lot of bad reboots out there. So when when there's a good mm-hmm. one, I I always want to you know scream it from the mountaintop. So that's why like Cobra Kai, I've been recommending so hard. Scream, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, the Scream reboot. So and um, you know Top Gun Maverick. We'll see. We'll see if this is hell uh, yeah. It, it, it deserves to be in the conversation. But um, so today though we're we're uh, talking about Top Gun as we said. So uh, let's get started. Yeah. Today we're talking about the 1986 film Top Gun. Um, And if you haven't seen it, it's about a group of elite students in the U.S. Navy's fighter weapons school competing to be the best in the class, the Top Gun, if you will, and a young, headstrong (laughs) pilot named Maverick who learns the price of honor. Uh, Shani B, are you a fan of this movie? What do you love? What do you hate? (laughs) I'm a huge fan of this movie, as I'm sure anyone listened has gathered. You know, we probably both are, but there's just so much in this movie to look back on and reflect on and appreciate because it's a movie made at a time where every detail is taken into account. You know, the stakes of this movie are so high and everybody is soaked in sweat the whole time. (laughs) There's so many good lines because everybody is direct. You know, the dialogue is so strong. And I love how much of a like man's man film this Mm -hmm. is where it can be a little bit like, you know, erotic here and there because everybody looks so good. But it's actually just about how much these guys need to love each other to, to survive this crazy shit they're doing and like the extreme danger they're putting themselves into. So I, I just stand for this shit like left and right as a story as a model for friendship uh everything i fucking i love it uh what about you what do you love what do you hate um yeah this this is like rare on on this show but i don't i don't really love this movie i never have I've never gotten it. Oh my it. god! I yeah. never saw it coming. Oh my god! Okay, okay, I gotta hear it. Yes, uh, give it to me. Yeah, it's just I think it's of its time. I didn't grow up in the '80s. wasn't born in the '80s. <laughs> so watching a lot of this stuff, like you know, some of the some of it I can handle. The music, I actually will get into it. I think the music Hilarious. spectacular holds up. They, I mean, they play so some of good. the same stuff like a hundred times, but it's. <laughs> it works for what they're trying to do. So mm-hmm. the, like the, on that level, it works, even though that like, the, yeah, that's like 80s music. But yeah, the homoeroticism and just the the broy like quips to each other and just like <laughs> con- constantly being in each other's close quarters like almost about to make out with each it's just so funny it's i can't take it serious it's this this fake macho like army bullshit and uh yeah for like 90 like 100 minutes and it's it's fine i don't hate it i don't hate it but i i don't put it up in like you know the pantheon of like great action movies tom cruise's best movies and um yeah it, even i guess another hot take i'm not even like Everyone has those directors that doesn't really work for them. You know, they just don't get mm. Tony Scott is one of those guys for me as well. I don't know if I've been talking about that. Ah, no, but, we um, haven't really yeah. talked about him yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a couple movies that I think are good. Like I like uh, Unstoppable with Denzel um, yep. and uh, True Romance. Um, but, you know, outside of that, outside of that, like all the... I. He has a bunch of movies that I've been told my entire life, like, oh, my God, you got to watch these. These are amazing. These are classic. This is some of the <laughs> best action, blah, blah, blah. And I watched them finally 
after being told that my entire life. And I just, they don't hold up to me. Like I, Top Gun's <laughs> one of them. Man on Fire is another one where I just, it gave mm. me a splitting headache from all the shaky cam There's, and zooms. And I'm just like, yeah. what is everyone saying like why are everyone saying these movies are so incredible uh and so i know there's people probably pissed right now but uh yeah that's why <laughs> i just it's okay it, it's fine it's fine there's a lot of if, if you want to i jo- i enjoy it on the comic level of these are guys trying to be tough and they are not whatsoever to me uh <laughs> so so good that's how i, I mean, enjoy it uh totally yeah totally I think that's why, you know, I like reflecting on it and I like revisiting it because I feel like they're the perfect guys to take this thing that on the surface level is very macho and cheesy and pull it all the way to the ground. You know, like some of those moments when Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise are about to make out are such important moments because they represent this idea that for all the machismo each of them is wearing, they're both terrified. And I feel like each of those actors are the perfect ones to cut right through all that masculinity and show you that like it kind of is an act, you know, like his whole persona, his whole maverick thing is so cocky and dickish. And he just sees himself as such a stud. It's hilarious to watch the journey that Tom Cruise has to go on from, you know, being very brash and masculine to, you know, really knowing something about honor in the end and integrity. <laughs> it's so I good. agree with you. I agree with you on the Tom Cruise side of it. Uh, Always, he's though. definitely got the assignment, um, <laughs> or maybe he didn't, is which is why he's perfect for this. Because you need someone who like thinks they're so cool and uh, and you know and believable on that front, but they're not really. Which is like right. Tom Cruise's whole mo because like he makes these so cool good. movies, but he's also like you look at his outside life and he's a Scientologist and just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <he is. laughs> it's like yeah, that's is. the guy you want to be the conflicting main character of your movie. Um, Val Kilmer, though, I don't know what the hell he was doing. His performance never works in this movie for me either because like uh. one scene in particular, the one where you're talking, I think the one you're talking about, where like he's talking to him in the locker room and he's like. Goose has just died. And he's just yeah. like, I don't know what he was going. He was just like, everyone liked Goose. Sorry. Sorry. And I was just <laughs> I was just like, what? What what was that? What am I supposed to feel here? Is that like bonding? Is that like them trying to I yeah, I don't know. I guess. That's, yeah, I guess that's that's one the, performance. I even like Goose. I like uh Goose the Goose's performance too in the I, I think so that's good. a stronger stronger bond like between but yeah kilmer's always like doc holiday we t- we did tombstone that's where it's at that's 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 the example of you want to talk about like you know toxic masculinity and you know fake uh, you know faking uh like like something something you're not um even though he's sickly and dying that's the val kilmer performance that i would hold up as that uh totally not ice man not I, I i just it's weird to me that there's like this it's kind it kind of feels like a like a thrown in we need tom cruise to be against this person in the navy because they don't want to get into the politics of naming uh russia korea like it's vague as hell who they're yeah, even they fighting in the movie <laughs> they can't <Right. laughs> name it so Iceman is like the de facto villain in the first half of the movie and it's it doesn't work for me i don't know 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's another thing that I think upon rewatch this time around, because I guess the last time I would have watched this was probably was probably like a hot five plus years ago. I can't think of the last time mm-hmm. I rewatched it. So this time around, I was thinking like, for example, that's that exact scene. I thought, oh, like that's also reflective of how dudes in these positions don't know how to show any emotion without completely crumbling. And that's like what's frustrating about these life and death situations we ask regular people to go into. But I, you know, that's me making space, right? I can't, we can't, <laughs> I can't know that he actually did that. <laughs> if that's what he was going for, then that works on that level but i just throughout the whole movie like i couldn't understand what his he was going for for that character you know what i mean so that when it came to that moment i was just like i feel nothing like i don't (laughs) i don't know what you guys don't aren't really close you're just you're not even really that being that you're not being that there you're just out to the side like sorry i'm so curious Yeah, Yeah. like what people thought of it in real time, because that's what's kind of awesome about when we watch these older movies and we have like some time to reflect on them and kind of see what they did. I wonder if people like what people thought of the dynamic between the two of them, because their characters are so iconic and they're so different, but they're also both bad and good guys, you know, like. Tom Cruise does some dangerous shit. He is a wild card, and that means that people get hurt. And Iceman is a little too by the book. Like, the fact that he's the one who's by the book is my favorite shit of all time. Because he walks and talks and acts like he wouldn't be. So it's amazing that he's like, you're too dangerous out there. <laughs> and see, you know what else might have ruined this movie for me? I'm, I think I saw Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky yes. Bobby, uh, oh, before so this movie. And when you see a spoof that <laughs> so accurately just shits, like dunks on all these tropes of these movies yep. so good, like how that movie does, you ruined it. It ruins it. So like seeing that movie first and then seeing <laughs> Top Gun, it's like, oh, this is the part where he's, you know, fake paralyzed and can't fly in the sky anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's not sure and if he can do it. Yeah, and it's 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 hilarious, and um, he they they even recycled the same thing when he did uh Days of Thunder. It's the exact same movie as Top Gun, but with cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the exact same movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, that is the one thing about it that is kind of frustrating. Is like so much of that stuff feels really forced, even the space I might be giving, because I feel like I always give movies the benefit of the doubt that like they think they're doing something transformative because they always think of themselves so highly. So I know they were trying to do something meaningful here. And yet there are still hilarious holes to poke in it because like, what's the point of the love story really? Like, how does that, what does that do? Can I tell you? And just accurately portray the woman who existed in real life. Like that's I it. I found this out in the research. I have, I have your answer. I found, Hook me up. found this yes. in the research. Give me, okay. Give me this info. A test audience who saw the movie before it was released were annoyed that there was no love scene. The producers obliged, and five months after the production had wrapped, they summoned Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis to Chicago to film the infamous elevator scene and the sex scene. During their time (laughs) away from the set, 
McGillis had lost approximately 16 pounds and Cruz was filming The Color of Money so his hair was much longer in those scenes. McGillis's hair was also much darker, hence why she hid it underneath a cap in the elevator scene. <laughs> so that is why there's a forced love story because audiences in the 80s were like, the hell is this? There's no, so, there's no love in this. <laughs> That All we're getting very... is this romance and no heterosexual love here. <laughs> right? It's true. It is really, really confusing that some of these movies go on record and are so beloved when they do have hilarious things. Like, I can't wait for whatever is going to happen between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly because it just looks like they love each other. You know, like even in the two moments mm-hmm. that they have in briefly in the trailers, it just looks like they love each other. And it's it, I just feel like there's not really that chemistry there. And so it's so forced yeah. with, you know, the best 80s song of all time, though. So that like still is awesome. But it's just so random. And you can tell that it's phoned in, you know, it's inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Can I tell this is this leads this was going to the perfect segue to my last huge plot like nitpick before you get mm. into like you know stuff we did like because I, I don't want to just totally. rag on this movie the whole time but um <laughs> right. yeah y- what you said like about um you know tom cruise like i just think there's certain movie stars and like you know this has been rumored forever that like he's gay you know what i mean i'm not tr- mm. i'm not trying to put that out there like i believe that i'm just saying he's got the shade yeah there's certain there's certain movie stars that romance does they cannot sell romance to me tom cruise is one of those guys i never believe him when he ever he and they always force him to have a love story i, I like you know the only one I'm, I'm trying to think of like one that worked eyes wide shut and that's because that love is so broken in that movie that that's not really a love story <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's selling a different kind that doesn't even count. Every other movie, though, like even in this, like the sex scene feels, you know, I know they had to rush that. Maybe that's you can argue that that's part of the reason why it doesn't feel authentic or whatever. But I mean, just yeah. the kiss is just all tongue down her throat. Like, it's just it's so weird. Like, it just it's not sexy to me. I don't know. I'm just as a guy watching this, you know, and I, I've seen a number of sex scenes in all these action movies it just don't i don't know it don't feel right it does he's not the type of it's not a james bond you know movie where like that you know bond always gets the girls and it's like oh yeah that's part of like you believe it in those franchises but um mm. yeah tom cruise not well, one of, you know the rock the rock's another one not not to he just pick another. on tom cruise and it's not totally. because he's gay it's just because there's no there's no yeah, vulnerability there there's no there's yeah there's no sexual sexual tension chemistry there so that's all i'm saying totally totally but i will say i was really surprised with the kind of chemistry that emily blunt and the rock had together in jungle cruise it was a little bit lighter than i that was the first time the first like, time yeah, i would I say yeah say, it was the first time I feel like I saw it. And I guess maybe this is also just me because I'm such a huge Jennifer Connelly fan. So maybe I'm in love with her. And that's why I think they're looking at each other lovingly. But I feel like Connelly does a, couple... a lot of the heavy lifting for me. 
She's, yeah. she is selling that a lot. Have, that, that's what I was going to say is yeah. there's a couple of women who've been good at making him appear like he can love them. Like even Rebecca Ferguson, she's so good at this. It's I think that's why she's in the Mission uh, franchise and here to stay because she's able to capture a chemistry with him that's so hard for other women to nab. 100% agree. And I you just made me think of another one that, you know, you could you could argue, but I would argue what you just said that. Emily Blunt does the heavy lifting and um, live, die, repeat as well with Tom Cruise. That's <laughs> true. Oh, she's so he's, good. These women yeah. are so good. <laughs> he's he's not the one that's going to take the reins in the in the romantic, you know, love love uh, story in these movies. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about some of the filmmaking performances that we did like because there there are. I will say like some of the stuff like the aerial footage still holds up. I took my dad to see this in, in theaters last year on the mm-hmm. big screen for Father's Day. Uh, so that was the last time I saw this movie was last year awesome. around this time. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, just having that sound experience, just all the, those jet engines uh, in your ear. And, yes. you know, I, I love the opening credits when like they're on the they're on the carrier and you see like every all the workers like doing their separate jobs. And it's like, oh, this is a whole organism that's working together to make sure just this one these two guys get up in the air and you know so stuff like that on the technical side and the music side that's like kind of the stuff where i'm always impressed by when i when i watch this movie um what about you Ditto, ditto. Those are the things that absolutely stick with me. And then mostly it is the sort of very unique performances just because there's such a time capsule, you know, like Tom Cruise playing this shithead that he played like several times in the 80s in different forms is such a great recap of like what they expected young men to be, but that they wanted them to have this heart of gold. And it's like to your point earlier that that's something Tom Cruise does so well. And so I mm-hmm. love his character in this and the journey that he takes him on. And, you know, like Anthony Edwards, is that right? <laughs> I think that's right. But he's so, so like charming and cute and fucking new Meg Ryan, like early Meg Ryan, who's just like random AF playing like an, a military wife, but so adorable. I, I, feel like mostly I just remember these actors at a time in their career when it's so different from how when I was growing up I saw them I had no idea these things happened so I that's usually what sticks with me and I I guess I'll I'll let Tony Scott have that he uh he captured those performances and the great filmmaking but I feel like he is a victim of using too much technology like he's one of the dudes who's like, oh, that's, that's everyone's my doing thing. the shaky yep. cam. Like, oh, everyone's editing this way. Okay, I will. And that like sucks because I feel like if he had, if he stuck more to like him doing what he wants to do, his bro ham style, maybe he would still be partying. <laughs> no, yeah. <it's, laughs> um, no, I, I, that's that's always my thing too. Is like it's not you know, it's nothing personal. It's just like what you said. It's, it's always the technology takes me out of the story. And it's unfortunate because it's like man on fire. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the story. I actually really like Denzel's my favorite yeah, actor. Good. You know, the story's good. Okay. Christopher's good, good performances in that as well. Christopher Walken. Uh, but it's, it's just like, I cannot sit visibly watch the movie. It he's taking me out of yeah, the movie at every turn. Uh, and so this much. one is it's not, not as much of that, but I, I do want to, Follow what you said about, um, you know, some of the supporting cast, too, I, I is something that I always like 
can fall back on a little bit too for me. Uh, you know, like Michael Ironside or uh, you know, Tom, Tom Skerritt, you know, their all their conversations are just Tom Skerritt just looking out the window and delivering those lines. You know, it's like he is he is fully he is fully committed committing to this. And uh yeah, he, he's got some good stuff for you know, even when he you know, tells Tom Cruise, you know, like, and if, if no one's there, you know, I'll fly with you. It's like, damn, yes. Yeah. That's the, yeah. that, that was like, that was getting me riled up. You know what I mean? When, uh, some of, some of those other actors were getting in on it too, as well, you know? Yeah. That's another thing that when I was rewatching it this time and I was trying to understand the dynamic of their relationship because I love Tom Skerritt and I, I guess I had forgotten all the father son stuff that they were discussing because Maverick wants to know about his dad. And so it, there was just something nice about how he was setting the tone for what Tom Cruise, uh, for what Maverick's character needs to understand about, you know, being a pilot in the Navy, which is like, you can still be tender and show someone, you know, affection or love or gratitude or any of these sensitive, vulnerable emotions, and you can still go save the world. That's what he's walking around doing as a... I guess it's like a model for these guys. And so right. I'm really hoping that's what Tom Cruise is about to embody in, in this, you know, requel here. That's a what scary. it looks like with Miles He's Teller. Miles, right. That's what, yes. that's what I'm getting from the trailer. Like that's going to be the, the new dynamic there. Yeah. I'm really excited for it because I, I feel like this is another great example of maybe the original phoning it in and sort of just painting it by numbers was drab. But when you take that same structure, that same skeleton, and you put an amazing body over top of it, we might, you know, that's what we might see with this. New yeah, John run. Ham's in there, it's, you know, yeah, you know, the, te- you know, the, the technical stuff notes, is going to be impeccable. Be, like if, yeah. if the last Mission Impossible movie didn't already sell you enough on how he can do, you know, stuff in the air. I mean, Everything. incredible. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm really excited for for uh, for that, too. Just just on what you said. Um I mean, like, I have to say, too, about Kelly McGillis having to be literally like the only woman that that gets to be kind of in the story, because Meg Ryan, of course, is that side character as right. Edwards's <laughs> wife. But, you know, like McGillis is out here being like, I am a real person who is important in this thing. And it's just so 80s for Tom Cruise to be like, whatever, I'm going to follow you into the women's bathroom and force you to date me. And I'm going to set a date with you. And then I'm going to play volleyball right up until that date. And then I'm going to try to take a shower at your house before the date starts. <laughs> so many. Yeah, we, we yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that whole that whole sequence that you're talking that, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of like him singing to like serenade her <laughs> was like, it's so awkward. It's so <laughs> random. I'm just so like, weird. like. Just buy her a drink, bro. It's not. It's really not that difficult. It's really. <laughs> He's running game. You, He's got to run game. He did not have to do all that, and like it works for her in the movie because the script says it. You know, it's not. It's but That's I don't right. buy that a girl that looks like that with all of like putting up with all that would really you know like I don't know. Uh, no, I do like sure. the I I do like the the interplay though of like her kind of letting him uh you know boast and you know get all his like like pop shit to her and then you know mm-hmm. reveals that oh she's actually your boss. <laughs> that's yeah. that's always a twist that I really love, you know, and they really play into that because it's like even you know it shoots her from behind and then she 
turns her head around and you see it in Tom Cruise's face and he's like looking around and puts puts the the shades on as he's trying to like process what's going on. <laughs> that so stuff good. is like amazing. I I really love that part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they make the most of what they can and they bring really interesting authenticity and chemistry to lots of the moments. But it is such a story that's a little bit bogged and a little bit paint by numbers. And so I'm excited to see what how they could lift that, you know, like to slide into some of our favorite like stunts and things mm-hmm. like that. What's interesting about rewatching this was I was trying to think of like singular stunts. And then I was like, I know what even is a stunt in this movie, right? Like this whole it's movie hard. is one big stunt piece because everyone's flying these planes or they're like in the planes a lot of the time going through, you know, simulation and stuff. Yeah. So I'm so curious to see what, like what stood out to you other than kind of the amazing coverage that's happening throughout. Yeah. One big stunt piece and one big recruitment video for the Navy, uh, (laughs) which is another thing (laughs) that came up on the research is that they had the highest uh, numbers of recruitment after this movie came out. Not a surprise, honestly. (laughs) It had to be probably a lot of guys. Yeah. Watching this and being like, oh, this is the epitome of cool, you know, (laughs) and just I want I want to I want to get the aviator shades and the jackets, the you know, the pilot jackets, too. So. Yeah, but yeah. Um, to, to your question, to answer your question, though, like, um, yeah, it, it was difficult this time for both of the categories that we have to think of, like, one particular thing because it all kind of does blend together, um, which is, mm-hmm. again, it's, like, another thing I struggle with with this movie. There's not really a huge, like, culminating to one big set. I mean, there kind of is at the end, but, like, um, you know, it's not, like, Mission Impossible where there's, like, there's, it, it takes a stop in the story and then go. It kind of just, like, rolls over into the next, into the next, into the next. So, um, I don't yeah. know. I guess the, the, the one that I said, it's, it kind of goes into that that uh, scene where, you know, uh, McGillis and, and he first finds out that that's his boss. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's explaining to her about, like, how you know, uh, the plane was inverted and, you know, like how, how could you, how could you get that close? Or what we were communicating, what were you communicating? Uh, the bird, you know, the bird. (laughs) (laughs) And so that, that, I mean, it's such a good stunt that they reference it later in the movie. You know what I mean? So for that reason alone, I feel like this stunt deserved to be best stunt just off of that, you know, and it, it is a really like, the actual stun of it, it's like shot very like fat, like it cuts really fast, you know, it's like slow and then it goes like cuts away because it's, uh, you know, the, like you said, the coverage of it, um, even mm-hmm. though like they, you know, you get the camera sound and there's supposedly like a picture of him doing it. I would have loved to have seen that picture, uh, to be honest. Oh, like what, what did that picture right? look like? Uh, you know, maybe that's totally. another nitpick there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about you? What was your favorite like stunt? I guess you, well, another one, too, I just want to mention uh, is the the part where uh, he storms away on his motorcycle and then McGillis like drives behind him like super fast. And then he jumps, Dude, yes. he jumps like super high uh, and, and she like blows a stop sign. And I was like, you know, I always love a good like car, car chase or, or car stunt. So uh, I thought, I thought that was like a good one. And then that leads to like their, you know, infamous sex scene. So uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they had to, power supercharge up so they could have their yep. release and that was they foreplay. do that through stunt that was pieces. Foreplay for yeah. Them. yeah hell yeah <laughs> yep yep yeah yeah i totally what agree i feel like the inverted bird is so good and it's like a testament to 
good writing, like a, a good stunt in a film should be reflective in it needing to have been there to tell the story. And this stunt needs to be there because in the story that is, is integral to the fact that yes, he's a maverick or whatever, and he doesn't do what everyone else would expect you to do in a situation, but that's what helps them get further. That's what helps them learn right. more and do better. You're dangerous. Um, <laughs> exactly like that danger is something we we need a person we can trust to harness it and that's another thing tom cruise does so well he convinces mm-hmm. people in every movie he's in that like he should be the one in charge of the most dangerous thing he's got yeah. it but he's the good dangerous he's the good that's dangerous right. you know <laughs> yeah so what, what was amazing. what was the stunt though that you would go with you would say the I inverted mean, honestly, bird as well like the it would be the inverted bird out of respect and then out of jest it would be tom cruise spiking a volleyball because there's no way he can get up <laughs> high enough to do that i can't do that and we are very close in height so that was a, a great stunt that was another piece that came up came up in the research is that um through several uh scenes you know with mcgillis who was uh, several inches taller than him, he had to wear Mm -hmm. lifts because he is 5'7 and she is 5'10. And, you know, a man can never be shorter than a woman on screen um, in an action movie. I feel like that's also (laughs) shade that they've thrown at him forever. They always put really tall women next to him. And I feel like they're doing it to to fuck with him. But I know know, because he still shows up cocky as ever. No problem. Yeah, because even Ferguson is tall. Blunt is kind of taller. Yeah, it's yes. true. Kidman, I guess, keep... is a little taller. Yeah, Dude, that's, that's hilarious. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. He always Every he time. always gets the movies with the taller women. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's cool, right? They are they're the they're baller ladies, yeah. but he likes mountain climbing. Funny. We know this from the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> that's true. It's a hobby of his. That's very true. <laughs> uh what about uh kills though what, what's your favorite kill again not a lot to choose from necessarily not you know like our our usual like uh you know 100 kills in a movie that we get to choose from every week uh but yeah i think exactly. this one's pretty obvious too <laughs> right right yeah i think the most meaningful kill is you know him losing goose during uh i guess like is that just a is that just a drill that they're doing, right? Like their plane just freaks out. I, yeah. For some reason, yeah. I like couldn't really re- realize what was happening. It's until so it was too unclear late. <laughs> and murky the way they, again, yes. the way that the, it's, it all culminate, like it all uh, blends together, you know, cause it's like immediately from the death, then we're in the courtroom and it's like, you're yep. off the hook. It's not your fault. And it's like, he doesn't even get time to necessarily like grieve. You know what I mean? Like the, the nope. most grief you see is when he, you know, he has the scene with Meg Ryan, I get, you know, and she's like, he would have wanted, he would have flown, he would have hated it, but he would have flown too, like without, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't know, you know, I, it just doesn't properly hit those emotional beats. And I'm hoping that in the new one, they kind of give time for those to breathe a little bit uh, before they yeah. get into, you know, the macho masculine action stunts. Uh. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 I feel like I like the ending, how he's able to like take everybody out. Cause I feel like in a sense, that's him redirecting to, you know, being the in the military yeah. and being an elite part of the military sort of means that you're going to be surrounded by death. I, I feel like, Scarrett even says something like that, something about, or maybe it's Ironside, McGillis. but someone, McGillis, yeah, she somebody says it's makes da- a comment. What you do is dangerous, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, you got to know that. And so there's something mm-hmm. nice about the transition from that whirlwind of losing Goose the way that he does and then sort of coming back in the end and him and Iceman finding a way to like get back to what they're here to do and shoot all those fools down. Because even in the end, like Kilmer gets a little nervous and yeah. Maverick saves him. So he can yeah. be his fly. He can be his wingman anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna say it if you were gonna say it, so I'm glad. Oh, I mean, you could so, take away the dialogue from this too. Is like whether you like this movie or not, it's iconic. You know what I mean? It's it's yes. irrelevant. Irrelevant. This movie is such a iconic relic of the '80s. Uh, there, so there are too many memorable lines. Like the fucking in the like open, someone's like, "Your ego's cutting checks. Your body can't. Cash, your body can't Maverick. cash." yeah (laughs) it's so good like yeah how can you how could you forget a movie like this and i really respect a movie for figuring out a way to be iconic even if it's not perfect yeah because i mean that that's those are some of the things that will help elevate your film is that you get those great character actors to deliver those lines and hope that they become iconic the way that they deliver them the way they're written so um yeah yeah you can only you can only hope to have a top gun you know, relevance uh, nowadays. It's even, it's even harder than ever. Um, but yeah, I want to get some of these special features in. We don't have a lot of time here. Um, yeah, go so for I'll it. just kind of run through some of these. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess important one. Um, we talked about the music, Take My Breath Away, one best song at the 1987 Oscars. Bow, bow, Incredible bow, song. Bow, bow. So uh, would say it, it adds a lot more to the sex scene than the actual sex does, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> Great so song. Accurate. Great Meaningful song. Yeah. Lyrics, you know, poetic yeah. and powerful. And yeah. I agree with what you said earlier that like the music of this film holds up. It somehow captures mm-hmm. everything going on in this story. And I love that that song has an Oscar. That's because, you know, fantastic. Even though I don't think the dramatic beats hit, the music cues like kind of cue you into like how you're supposed to be feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. <laughs> so it, in a you. way, it like it like half hits. It like half hits because I'm like, oh, the music is telling me I should be feeling this way in this moment. But even though I'm not necessarily 100 percent committed to that, um, exactly, exactly, yeah. So I guess we, the one scene I was talking about when, uh, you know, Maverick is saying that he gave the bird to a MIG and uh, Val Kilmer coughs and he says, bullshit, that was an ad lib from Val Kilmer and everyone laughing is genuinely laughing, <laughs> which yes. I thought was just amazing. Wow. He's the best. He's so smart. He uh, knows when to yeah. he knows when to add something. Exactly. Um, Tony Scott calls the film the purest form of escapism and says it is manliness entertainment. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, like it, it's a fantasy of like what it would be like to be in these positions where you would face a reality of things that are very challenging that every man can face, but you would overcome mm-hmm. them this fucking cool with this much respect and this much of a sexy girlfriend and this awesome of a motorcycle. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it is escapism yeah. in the best way. Yeah. And uh, to that, too, another thing that I, th- I thought was hilarious in the research, Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced the film uh, and a lot of these action movies that, you know, from the Hell 80s yeah. and 90s. Uh, <laughs> Love him. He's uh, the best. When he, when, when he convinced Tom Cruise to sign on for the film um, after Tom Cruise was reluctant, uh, he says the Navy took Tom up there. They do 5Gs. They do barrel rolls. They do everything. He's heaving mm-hmm. in the plane. He gets on the tarmac, runs to a payphone, and says, I'm in. I'm doing the movie. I love it. This is great. Yes. 
Yes. What I what a maniac. Weirdest dude of all time. I have no idea what's going through his head no at idea. any given moment. But holy shit, is he a good actor? You know, I don't right. know. I don't know what it means or anything, but damn, he's good. And I can't fucking wait to see this movie. It I feel like oh, yeah. it should be a little bit of the same where this one also feels like beautiful escapism through nostalgia in the best way. So I like I like that at least Tony Scott knows what he's doing in that space. Even if he gets wooed by the technology, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. Oh, yeah. And I, I know you got to get out of here. I'll do this last one here because uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, the film was inspired by an article in the May 1983 issue of California Magazine about the U.S. Navy's top gun school. So if yes. people didn't know that, this is an adapted, you know, movie from an article. That's the best. Some of the best movies come from the most random spaces. And I feel like it's always easy to make a movie based on a book or something. But I like when you can extrapolate because then you're allowed to play in a space that existed with fantasy. So I like I'm glad or that even like is uh, the source material. Two uh, two documentaries I saw on Netflix this year were based on uh, articles. The uh, Tinder Swindler and oh, yeah. uh, Our Father. Those are two articles that got made into documentaries on Netflix. So it's wow. it's becoming a viable, you know, source of, of movie making uh, in, in the modern story. age. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's a good story, it, it can make a good movie or a good documentary. So I'm all for it. Hell yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, all right. Cool. Yeah. I uh, I got to get out of here. So let's uh, get our plugs in and remind the people where they can find us. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can follow both of us at Action Movie Buffs on Instagram. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit. And then my movie page is at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shanny B Movies. And if you came late to this live show, you can find this episode of Movie Buffs on Spotify, Apple, and Stitcher Podcasts Friday. And lastly, if you love streaming content and you want to hear more of an in-depth rant about how bad Firestarter was, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be reviewing that later tonight on Stream Queens. So, you know, feel free to stop by. Um, yeah, awesome. That's it for me. Hell yeah. Uh, And then thank all of you out there for listening. And we will catch you on another episode next time of Movie Buffs.